Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, apologies for the past few weeks. The internet has not been great. I hope we have sorted out the problem. Um, <laughs> we'll see. So today's year is the topic of my machronim. We know many people do uh, are familiar with Natilat Yadaim, washing hands before <coughs> eating bread. However, there's also, we'll see, an obligation or not an obligation to wash one's hands afterwards. So our topic tonight, today will be number one, is there an obligation? If there is an obligation, what is the level of obligation? Number two, even if we say there is an obligation, are, what are the um, requirements for my Mahronim? We know that we already learned for my Mishonim, we needed a vessel, we needed Koach Gavra, we needed a Revit, etc., etc. Are all of those requirements necessary for my machronim as well? So let's jump in straight into the topic. The famous Gemara in Masechet Chulin Kufhei, Amar Avi'idi Bar Avin, Amar Yitzchak Bar Ashia. Maim Rishonim Mitzvah, Va'achronim Chova. That the first, what we call Natilat Yadai, before eating bread, that is a mitzvah. Sounds like it's a good thing to do. However, my machronim, that is an obligation. That is something that is seems to be even more stringent. Says the Gemara, Why is it that by machronim, washing one's hands after the meal is more stringent? Says the Gemara, because there was sodomite salt. Uh, present in the meal, that people used to eat with their hands and therefore the salt got on their fingers and when they would touch their eyes with their hands, they may come to cause an eye infection and they might, might cause uh, uh, blindness. So in order to get around the problem, this dangerous problem, Chachamim instituted Maim Achronim. Interestingly, it sounds like my machronim is actually more stringent than my rishonim. My rishonim, they called it mitzvah, and my machronim chova. Um, the simple reason is sakana chamira meisura that that sakana that danger sages always place a very very high level of uh, priority on uh, keeping us safe. Okay. Now, if that is the case, let's take a, a step further into this Melach Stomit. Explains Rashi. <coughs> we have to assume, says Rashi, that the sages say that whenever we have a meal, we should have salt. The Kevan, the Nagav Melach, and since he touched the salt, the assumption is they were eating with their hands, etc. So you probably going to dip things in salt, you're going to dip your bread in salt. When he places his hands on his eyes, we are concerned he might blind himself, and because of that, we need to wash our hands. Now, based on this, one could argue as follows. The entire takana, it sounds like it is based on a danger. 
if the danger exists, we have to wash our hands. <clears throat> if the danger doesn't exist, perhaps we don't need to do by Mahronim. To this, we have a famous Toswat in Masechet Eruvin Yud Zayn. My Machronin says Toswat, Achshav lo nahagu b'may Machronin. In France, say the Baalei Toswat, <coughs> the Minak was not to do my Machronin. Why? The Ein Melech Stomit Matsui Beneinu. The salt that we have is not the Sodomite salt. It's not a uh, um, something very uh, uh, Dangerous, and therefore inami, and therefore there's no problem inami. Or perhaps says Tosfot, we don't have a minag. We, we we eat with knives and forks. We don't have a minag to dip our fingers in salt, and because of that, the whole the whole concern is now and void, and therefore we don't uh, have to worry about my machroni. Now, there's a famous kasha on Tosfot. Battle time, lo battle zera. We have a cloud, we have a rule. The Gemara tells us that even if the reason disappears, the zera doesn't disappear. And therefore, how can Tosfot just say, okay, the reason no longer applies, and because the reason no longer applies, therefore it is, uh, it is null and void. So the simple answer is, that not every decree is, uh, you, you have to look at each decree. Sometimes the Chachamim made a blanket decree. And sometimes the Chachamim made a decree in a certain scenario. In a scenario where you ate bread and you use Melach Stomet, that's when there is a decree. Meaning it's not that battle time, no battle Zaira. Once the, 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 the reason has disappeared, we can't get rid of the Xaira. The Xaira was only implemented when there was in certain cases where the reason applied. Now, whether that is explicit in the Gemara, that's a question. And whether um, and, and, and how far we want to go in trying to use that to say rabbinic decrees do not exist, my, my, my golden rule is as follows. If you have the shoulders of the Baalei Tosvot, then, and the Rishonim, they can say that. But for us today to come along and say that is a lot more problematic. You have to literally be a, a Gadol Batara to do that. And even if you are a Gadol Batara, not simple that you can make such uh, a, an argument. But this is nevertheless an argument that Tosvot make. And as we'll see, whether the opinion of Tosfat is accepted, we'll see later on in the year. However, the problem isn't just a question of battle time or battle zera, but there seems to be another reason that the Gemara in Brachot Nun Gimel give for my Machronim. And that says as follows, Tana vid kadishtem elu maim rishonim vidtem kedoshim elu maim achronim. Ki kadosh ze shemen, ani hashem elokechem, ze Bracha. Okay, so uh, basically, the Pasuk of Yah, the Gemara of Yah is referring to Maim Rishonim, that we need to sanctify ourselves by doing Natilat Yadayim before we eat the meal, and Yitem Kedoshim is referring to Natilat Yadayim afterwards, Maim Achronim. Seemingly nothing to do with the problem of Sakana and 
but rather it's got to do with uh, sanctifying ourselves, sanctifying ourselves through Kedusha, through cleanliness, and that seems to be uh, um, independent of whether there is Melach Stomit or not. So based on this Gemara, one could argue that even if we don't have salt today, and even if we're using knives and forks, it's not connected to anything, and we would still be obligated to mine Achronim. Let's see how the Rosh puts these two Gemaras together. The Tamer says the Rosh in Masechet Brachot, this is a difficult, why? The Hacha Mashma in the Gemara in Brachot, it's implied the Maim Achronim Mitzvah Mishum Kedusha, that the mitzvah of my machronim is a mitzvah because of sanctity. We want to cleanse ourselves and, and, and elevate ourselves. The pericle of Basa, but in Masechet Chulin, Mashmashen Chobami, Nasakana. There, it was an obligation due to the danger involved. Because of the Solomon assault. So, which one is it? Says the Rosh, Yeshomar, Mishum Kdusha. <laughs> because of Kedusha, it would be a mitzvah. You should do it. The, 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 the extra element of danger added or pushed up the obligation from a mitzvah to a chova, to an obligation. So that means, according to the Rosh, that there are two independent reasons. And we are obligated mitzad uh, the the mitzad the kedusha. That's just the mitzvah. But mitzad the the danger of melach that creates a, a a certain obligation of chovah. Which, if we take the argument of the rosh, and we now argue back with Tosfot. So Tosfot, we might argue and say Tosfot, look, we don't accept your opinion. We don't accept your opinion for one of two reasons. Either we could have argued battle time or battle zera, even though the decree, the reason for the decree is no longer valid. Nevertheless, you can't annul a decree. Or you could argue that even if you are able to nullify the decree, but there's still the din of Kedusha, there's still the issue of the mitzvah. So how are you going to get around that? Let's see how the Rambam passed it. The Rambam says, any bread where there is salt, you need to have my machronim uh, So the Rambam is adding something here. Anytime you have salt at the meal, you have to do my machronim. Why? Because perhaps the salt that you are using might be melach stomit. Or says the Rambam, Melach Sheti or Kamelach Stomit. Or even though it's not geographically from, from where the Melach Stomit is, is, is taken. Uh, by the way, they, they, in, in the footnote here, we point, pointed out that in the Dead Sea, there is magnesium chloride, which is actually a salt that is actually poisonous. Um, so it could be that, and, and obviously the Dead Sea is where uh, historically the city of Storm was, right? So it could be before, before it was annihilated. So it could be that that is actually what the Gemara is referring to, meaning that there was regular salt and then there was this magnesium chloride uh, 
can't find the actual footnote, but it was saying magnesium chloride 12 or whatever. And perhaps that's what we worried about. Now the Rambam says, whether it's actually from there or it's similar to that, anytime you have salt, we have to worry about it. Because you might come to blind yourself. And because of this, person is obligated to wash one's hands because of the salt. Now, the Rambam does not mention the issue of Kedusha, but unlike Tosfot, who says, well, today we don't have Melach Somit, so it's not a problem. The Rambam is concerned for Melach Somit. He's not saying that the salt that, that he had in Egypt was Melach Somit. He's saying that whenever there's salt, we have to be concerned that Melach Somit or something similar to it might be mixed in, and that's why we have to do it. So according to the Rambam, the obligation still applies, no question at all. The Rift says, now the, the, the Rift adds something. The Rambam said that whenever we have salt at a meal, the Rift now says, even if they didn't eat salt, the sages issued an, an obligation. Because people who didn't do Maim Rishonim ultimately ate uh, pork, and because people didn't do Maim Rishonim, people ultimately ate, uh, people ultimately got killed. The Rif of here is referring to a discussion based in the Gemara where the Gemara tells of a story that there was an innkeeper, a Jewish innkeeper, and obviously there were non-Jews and Jews coming. The, the Jews that come, he would serve them kosher meat. The non-Jews that come, he would serve them uh, pork. So how did he know? So he saw the people doing the tilat yadayim are obviously Jewish. So he served them the kosher meat. And there was a person who was makbid on the tilat yadayim, but he was makbid not to eat train. And the guy served him pork. So that's what the Gemara is talking about. Because the person wasn't makbid on my Mishonim, ultimately it caused the person to eat treif. And there was another case of another innkeeper that, that basically wasn't prepared to uh, uh, give back money to uh, someone who was a, you know, he's a traveler and he deposited the money in the safe, uh, safe deposit uh, box. And the innkeeper said, no, 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 you didn't give me any money. And uh, so... Uh, then the guy came to his wife and he said, your, your husband told me to give back the money. Now, the wife didn't know that the husband didn't think. So she said, I don't believe you. You didn't see him. He said, no, no, I saw. He's just been eating lentils. You just gave him lentil soup. And he walked out and he had lentils on his beard. Oh, she said, oh, okay, obviously. And she gave him the money. Now, the Gemara says, because of that, because he didn't do my machronim, so that's why he had, uh, he had um, we knew exactly what he had for lunch. And therefore, the guy was able to convince the wife to give him the money. The husband came back, got so cross with the wife, he killed her. Gewalt. So we see from here, says uh, the Rid, my machronim, you don't want to mess around with it. People are getting killed if you're not going to do it. So that's what he's referring to over here. But what's interesting is that the Rid doesn't seem to be similar to the Rambam. Because the Rambam still implied that it's only where there is salt at the table. It's just that according to the Rambam, 
we have to be concerned that whenever there's salt, there might be a mixture of salt. According to the riff, it doesn't make a difference if you have salt or not. You always have to do my Now, what would be the nafkamina? You're on a teal and you've got your, your, your pitta with, uh, with uh, um, some trees in it. There's no salt around. So maybe, although it's preferable to always have salt on the table as the Ramapaskans, but whatever, you're in the middle of a teal, this is what you have. You have your, you have your sandwich. So you do natilat yadayim, you eat your, your, your pita and your, your, your cheese sandwich. Now, the question is, do you have to do my machroni? According to the Rambam, not so clear, because there was no salt there. According to the Rif, what are you talking about? Chachamim made an obligation. Okay, let's see how we pass in We've seen basically three shitot. We've seen the shitot tells what that says. This din no longer applies anymore. It's all based on Sakana. The Sakana no longer exists. We don't have to do Natilat Yadai, Maimachronim, and that is Minag Ashkenaz, or at least Balea Tosfot's Minag. Then you have the Rosh. The Rosh says, hold on a second. Although there's no Sakana, there's still the Mitzvah. What about that? Then you have the Rambam. The Rambam says, Vadai, there's still Sakana. Whenever you have salt, you have to be worried about it. And then you have the Shit of the Rosh, of the Rift. Says, what are you talking about? The Chachamim made an institution. You always have to do my Machronim. Why? People get killed, whatever it is. The Gemara brings certain reasons, but the bottom line is you ate bread, my Machronim Choba. How do we pass it? Shulchan Aruch. Same Siman. Orachaim Kufpe Aleph. Seif Aleph and Seif Yud. What does he pass it? Seif Aleph. Shulchan Aruch says, my Machronim Choba. Three words, one said Dvar Torah, a very short halacha. My machronim shechoba. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says, three words, and you've been making the mitzvah of saying Dvar Torah at the Sauda. My machronim shechoba, gewaldik. So that sounds pretty much it's an obligation. You go to see if Yud, same siman, Kufpei Aleph, Yeishei Noagim Lito My machronim. There are those who do not have the minag to do my machronim. Hold on a second. You, didn't you pass him that's an obligation? But now he's telling us that some don't. We don't do this. And even those who do do it, Adamshu Istanis. Sorry, even those who have the minag not to do natilat yadain. So it sounds like it's not an obligation, right? It's a we have people that don't do it, and it's brought down in the, in the Shulchan Aruch. But he says, even those people don't usually do my machronim. However, Adam Suda. A person who is very makbid on his cleanliness, and he usually washes his hands after Suda. For him, his hands are considered dirty. And for him, you have to wash your hands. Now, I'm not sure how many people that applies to today because most of us are eating our meals with a knife and fork. So once you're eating with cutlery, even an instance, uh, even the Queen of England, I don't think she washed her hands after eating a, a meal, right? Because she, she, she didn't use her fingers. So, um, <clears throat> okay. But the point over here is that, um, which one is it? Because... The Shulchan Aruch seemed to imply that it's an obligation, but then he tells us that there's, there's the Minag not to do it. So what's going on? Now the Ramah, Rav, 
Moshe is in the, in the dark, and Moshe says, Amina Kedibra Tosvot. Mina Gashkenaz is like the Bale Atosvot. Oh, so it seems like <coughs> this is a classic Svardi Ashkenazi Sugya. Sardim, the Rambam seems to imply it's a Chova, uh, at least when the salt, the Rift says it's a Chova even without the salt. Shukhanaruch just blanketly said it's a Chova, implying that he makes no distinction whether there was salt or wasn't salt. And, and pretty much seems like uh, the Shulchan Aruch is passing that it's an obligation. The Ramah <coughs> in his Dark Moshe says, the Minah is like Baalei So based on that, me being an Ashkenazi Jew, I would probably say, I don't have to do my Mahronim. Comes along the Mishnah Baruch. Ba'ach ha'shav she'ein matzui melach stomit beneinu, yesh lachush lemelach achar she'tiv'a k'motah. Says the Mishnah Burah, no, no, no. Even though there isn't Melach Stomit, we have to be worried that there might be something similar that might be dangerous, that might cause an infection to the eye, and therefore one still has to worry about it. Furthermore, says the Mishnah Burah, the data graph, the opinion of the Vilna God, the Biuro, the Tsarich Litol Gamaidna, that we need to do my Machronim even in today's time. The time because the problem of the sodomite salt still applies today. Now, this is interesting. The Vilna Gaon did not say the reason why I'm not Makabal Toslot is because of battle time, law battle Zaira, even though the decree, the reason for the decree might not apply, but nevertheless, Chachamim Gazru, he doesn't say that. He says, similar to the sheet of the Rambam, that there is still concern for eye infections. There is still in concern for, for salt or something similar to salt that could be damaging to one's eyes. Okay, the Chen Katava Magen Avram, the Shema Mekubalim. Oh, a third reason that we haven't heard before. Perhaps this is connected to the Rift, but it seems like it's. Uh, the catalysts. Every person needs to be careful about my machronim. And similarly was the marshal, the uncle of Rav Moshe Yisraelis, the Ramah, he was machmir. So now we have a bit of a trumpet because it's not so clear that it's a Svardi Ashkenazi issue. Right, because here you have the Mishnah Burah, who is clearly Ashkenazi, and he's telling us that the Vilna Gaon, who is also clearly Ashkenazi, and a whole bunch of the Marshal and other Achronim were also Machmir for this, and therefore he holds that one has to Lichora, or one should be careful for Maim Achronim. Okay, so now the question is, now that we have all these Shittot, what is Halach Practically. Although according to the majority of poskim, one still today is obligated in my machronim, rabim noagim lakel, many people are lenient, and, and, and this applies also to tamidei chachamim, 
ונשים צדקניות, and righteous women. וזאת משום, oh, and this is because, שדין מים אחרונים מדברי חכמים. The whole institution of מים אחרונים, according to everybody, is rabbinical. Ah, we saw a pasuk with Kadishtem v'yitem kadoshim, with Kadishtem מים אחרונים, מים ראשונים v'yitem kadoshim, מים אחרונים. That seems to be learned from a pasuk. That's an asmachta. So it is clearly rabbinical. So since it's rabbinical, and regarding a rabbinical din, the rule is whenever you have a machloket between the Rishonim and it's a rabbinic din, you can be lenient. And we have a machloket between Tosvot and the Rambam. Omnam, however, says the person who's got dirty hands, and in any event, he's going to wash his hands, he definitely has to wash his hands before Birkat HaMazon. Okay, so that is the summary of Rabbi Melamed, that basically, Adin, one doesn't have to do it. Why? And he brings a very simple halachic argument. It is a machloket rishonim regarding a mitzvah de Rabbanan, and therefore machloket with the Rabbanan of Shar Okay, this is a quick summary that we see in the chart over here, right? Um, so we are just going to now talk about. Woman and my machronim. So woman and my machronim. Um, one could argue that why would there be any difference between, well, well, well let's say it like this. Regarding my machronim, we didn't find any difference whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. You have to do natilat yadayim before eating bread. So one could argue that since this is not connected to a time-bound mitzvah, why would there be a distinction between men and women? And Rav Fuchs in his Sefer Halichot Bat Yisrael says as follows, Netilat yadayim b'mayim achronim chiyuv hashaveh l'nashim k'banashim There's no difference in your um, obligation between men and women regarding uh, regarding my achronim. Meaning that if in your household the men of Mahmir are feel that it's an obligation, passing like the Shulchan, passing like the Rambam. You have to do my machronim, passing like the Vilna Gaon for that matter. So therefore, the wife should also be doing my machronim. This is the opinion of Shlomo Zalmanor. However, uh, um, and let, let, let's read Rav, Dr. Ari uh, Zivatovsky. He says as follows. In light of the opinion cited, many people are careful to observe the practice of my machronim. Yet even those among us who are scrupulous about washing, there's a general laxity regarding women washing. Since all the reasons given for this obligation are equally applicable to men and women, this negligence is inexplicable. Many significant authorities, including Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, Rav Shlomo Chaim Akoyin Aviner, the Moruksia, Rav Ovad Yosef, insist. That the obligation to wash is obvious. Rabbi Yitzchak Yaakov Fuchs records that Rabbi Shlomazaman Arbach personally told him there is no basis for women not to wash. And in places where men wash, women should wash as well. Rabbi Moshe Sternbuch records that the Gra also held that women are obligated 
to uh, wash. I found only one justification for women not washing, according to Rav Shmuel Halevi Vosna. Maim Achronim, according to Rav Vosna, is a stringency, since there's no Melach Somit in these days, meaning if we take the opinion, as we saw, at least according to, and there's a very strong opinion for this, according to Ashkenazim, you don't have to do Maim Achronim today. And therefore, if you're do, doing it, you're doing it L'chumra. So the stringency, he claims, is one which women never adopted. So that is an argument that, that, that Rabbi Vosna, yeah, that, and this is, let's see it in the Shevet Halevi, writings. There's no distinction. But those who hold that there's an absolute obligation, and the minag that ain that we don't do it is based on the shulchan aruch. The bezman azeh lo shayach klal may machronim. Verak machmirim laatzmam. So why are you doing it as a chumra? Are you doing it as a chumra? Nashim lo kiblu aleim. Woman didn't take it upon themselves. I heard Moriva Rabbi Avaron Lichtenstein Zatzal. He said when when he went to Harvard University, so uh, he decided to take a chumra upon himself. So what was the Khumra that he took upon himself? My Machroni. So he took upon himself the Khumra my Machroni. Yeah, I'm not sure if, if that is true. I think I've heard that. I think I'm not getting it uh, um, uh, mistaken. But that is the, um, that is, if I remember correctly, that's what I heard in Yeshiva. So based on that, clearly Ravar Lichnitzin felt that at least for Ashkenazi jury, it was a Khumra. Now, the fact that he took it upon himself doesn't necessarily mean that his wife needs to take it on, right? A chumrah, if it's a personal decision, if you feel that you want to take on a chumrah, not necessarily and definitely, maybe men took it on as a chumrah, but women didn't take this on. Where do we see this argument? We saw this argument, Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach gave the same reasoning regarding another halacha regarding women. And that is the shit of the Ravya in Leila Seder. A few weeks ago, we were all sitting at the Pesach table, and we know <coughs> that one of the obligations, the rabbinic obligation, is to lean, right? However, then there's a shit of the Ravia. Shit of the Ravia says that that was true in the times of whatever, in times of the Gemara, where they used to lean. But today, we all sit at a table, at a table with a chair and table, eating with a knife and fork, and it's actually very uncomfortable to try and eat your meal leaning. And therefore, says the Ravan, this halacha no longer applies. But the Ramah brings a very interesting thing. The Ramah says, the halacha is not like the Ravan, meaning we have to lean, but women don't lean. And the question is, oh, if, you, if you're passing like the Ravan, then also men shouldn't lean. And if you don't pass like the Ravan, then women also should be leaning. What is the story that the Ramah says, we don't accept the Ravan, but by the way, women lean. Explains from Shlomo Zaman Orbach, the Kawunut. He says like this, really the Ramah held Except that women, uh, men took it upon himself as a chumrah to be machmir even in today's time. He says, but that is true regarding men. But women never took on that chumrah upon themselves. 
The reason why is because in the times of the Gemara, many women didn't need. So says the Ramah, men took it on as a Chumrah, as a remembrance of what their forefathers did. But women who never did it in the past, they didn't have to take it on as a Chumrah. So it's the same argument that when it is a Chumrah, some people take it on. Sometimes the entire men take it on, whereas women don't take it on. Where else do we find this argument? Tfilat Arvit. Tfilat Arvit, the night, um, the third Tfilat that we say every night. The Gemara basically says that it's Rashut. But then the Gemara says that we basically take it, took it upon ourselves. And the Rishonim explained, we took it upon ourselves as like a Chumrah. But now that we took it upon ourselves, so it's become an obligation. Ah, so then the question is, and we're not going to get into it, but remember, there was a whole discussion. How many Tfilot are men and women uh, obligated on? Now, some of the poskim say that even if you say that men and women are obligated in Shachrit and Mincha, they're not obligated in Mariv. Why are they not obligated in Mariv? Because this was a Chumrah that the men took on themselves, but not the ladies. So there is great precedent for the Chiluk that the Shevet Halevi Ravazna has mentioned. However, all the other poskim didn't necessarily agree to that Shita. Now, the Pnina Alaha also discusses, he says like this. Um, <clears throat> Each person is permitted to be linear. The Ikar, two reasons why, which reasons why uh, the lenient people are the mainstream Shita or the primary source, who Safek Bedibre Chachamim, right? So first of all, it's a suffix regarding a rabbinic din, even though there are many poskim that are machmir, but you have a very strong argument regarding the mekilim, and therefore it's a suffix. It seems to be that Rav Malamad is pointing out that this is almost like a suffix shakul, even though the numbers don't add up. Right? versus all the other Rishonim, but he says this svara is an, a, a good svara, and therefore it seems to be it's a suffix shakul. Another reason is This is the minag. Many generations, even those who were God fearing, So what are you going to do about a minag? You don't just say yach minhagim azira. Women didn't take upon themselves this chumra. Right? Um, that this is a din of Kabbalah. And any minag based on Kabbalah, women are not makfid on. Okay. So that is the end of that topic. So we'll basically say, there are many poskim that say that if you're going to be makbid about my machronim, a woman should also be makbid. The other opinions that say, no, women don't have to be, even if you are. There's a third opinion that says, look, each person should be should decide for themselves, and a woman can can be makbid and can be makbid. And each person, each woman can decide for themselves. Okay. I'm going to skip the section of where to wash my machronim because it's less, less shayach. Let's go to the next section, which is a lot more shyer, and that is um, the proper procedure for.
Now, the Rashbet says as follows. Um, the Raivet explained regarding after waters, right? They did just to clean your hands. He says, until the second perek, until this second knuckle, that is where the water has to reach. Okay? This is the third, this is the first knuckle. This is the second knuckle. This is the third knuckles, where the fingers join the palm of my hands. So according to the Raivet, my machronim, I just have to wash the first two uh, joints of the fingers, right? Why? Because a person who's eating with his fingers, he's not going to dirty more than that, that part. Now, Rabbeinu Bachaye argues, Rabbeinu Bachaye says, my machronim entrichin ela tisat hayad. Kalin. You have to go up until the palm of your hand where the fingers end. The fingers end, referring to the knuckles, what we call our knuckles, right? Um, here. So, which one is it? Is it just the tips of my fingers or is it up to the knuckles? What does the Shulchan Aruch rule? Shulchan Aruch, no surprises over here, he's pasking like the Rashba, the Rashba, his Sefer Torah Abayit was one of the main Sfarim uh, in Hilchot Kashrut. Uh, other than the Rambam, I think there, there's no other book quoted more than the uh, Torah Abayit of the Rashba um, by the Shulchan Aruch. These are like the two major sources for many of our Halachot. Um, okay, so Rabbeinu Bachaye is an important Rishon, but According to the Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't have the same weight, especially in matters of this halacha. How does the Mishnah Brura uh, Paskin? So more than the the two joints, the food doesn't reach. And from the thumb, uh, the thumb only has two joints. I think, yeah. The thumb only has two joints. So says the Mishabura, so you only have to, only the first part of the thumb, that is what has to be washed. Okay. But he points out something important. But if the food did reach there, then you have to wash it. Right? Uh, oh, sorry. Not but he is disturbed by what he sees as commonplace practice. They're careful to do my machronim. But they don't fulfill their obligation. Why? They just do tipim tipim. And they don't cover the first parts of the, the first two joints. You have to wash the first two parts of the uh, of your fingers. So he says, now, what's important, the cold ball says, it's not brought down here, but I'll say it, 
My Rishonim needs a Kli. My Machronim doesn't need a Kli. My Rishonim needs a Revit. My Machronim doesn't need a Revit. And a few other Nafkaminas that the Rash, that the Kolbo brings down. So you don't need a Revit, but says the Mishabura, that doesn't mean that it can just be literally like two drops. It should cover the first parts, the first two joints of one's fingers. Okay. Now an interesting topic that question, is there an obligation to dry one's hands uh, after, after my machronim? Most times I see my, myself included, wash the things, go like that, and Shalom Yisrael. However, when we read the Rambam, we get a different picture. The Rambam in Yilchot Brachot says, Okay, so for no chidushim, my machronim, we know you have to wash your, you have to dry your hands. And if you don't do it, you, it's as if you're eating tamay bread, fine. All the reasons we're not going to go into it, but that makes a lot of, that's no chidushim there. But if you wash your hands after the meal, says the Rambam, you there, you have to wipe your hands again. Now, it can't be because you're eating lechem tamay, you're not eating anything. But nevertheless, the Rambam says, you still have to dry your hands. Explains the, um, the Beit Yosef that this is actually a machloket rishonim. From the Rashba in Torah Tabayit, we find that there's no obligation of wiping one's hands. So he's now bringing in a fury from him, arguing with the Rambam, that there's no obligation to do Natilakilai. Here comes the Shaira. Who is the Shulchan Aruch going to Paskin life? Says the Shulchan Aruch, Yeishomrim Shemay Machronim Enam Shechim Nigul Uleharambam Menagev Vachakach Mevarech. What does the Shulchan Aruch do? Brings both opinions. However, it seems that the fact that he only brought the Rambam as a second opinion, and he mentions him by name, so therefore. This is not considered halacha lemaise, and maker adin one can be lenient, right? Sorry, what, say something. Okay. Now the Mishnah explains what's the svara. Why is it that my Rishonim I need to wash one's drama hands? Of my machronim, again, those arguing with the Rambam, one doesn't need to. Svirale explains the Mishnah He holds the lonikra natila bli nigu. That he holds that it's not considered the tilat yadaim until you do drying of your hands. That that is the shita of the Rambam. However, mashma data mechaber la That according to the Shulchan Aruch of Yosef Karo, he seems to be lenient. Mikol makom lechatchila tov lenagev yadav latzet yaday dat kulam. However, he quotes a chay adam. Best not to get in trouble with the Rambam and to dry your hands. There's no shear of it. You just need to have enough to wet your fingers. 
However, the Vilna Gaon used the Raviyat, and if I'm not mistaken, he also used the Kli. Machavruta was Machbir. He always used the Kli to do my Machronim. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that the Chumra of Rav Aaron Lechzensin, Zatzal, was to do my Machronim with a Kli. Because he was always Machbir to do it with a Kli. So it could be, could be that the Chumra that he took upon himself was not my Machronim was my machronim according to the shita of the gra to do it with a kli. Okay, I need to I need to check that out. What was it? Because I know that when he did it, he was makbid to always use a kli. I always used to see him doing my machronim with a kli. Okay. Um, last point that I want to discuss, and that is, when do we do my machronim? Okay, so we're saying uh, Ashkenazi jury, we usually sing Shiramalot on Shabbos. Then they say, call the my machronim. To bring the Mahmachronim. However, there are 20 guests, so we start doing the Mahmachronim while everyone's singing Shira Malot. Is that a problem? Can you do Mahmachronim before you've sang Shira Malot or in the middle? Says the Mishamura, Colin Birkatamazan. Vetzarich Lizer Jalolav Sik Ben Natilala Birkatamazan, a filo bedivrei Torah, even with bedivrei Torah. Now, the Pitzke Chuvot is Mahmir. Regarding this issue, it says, in the second paragraph, even if you've done my machronim, you should go back and say Shira Malot, and then you should go back and do another my machronim. machronim, and then you do my machronim again. Kitzur, the uh, the pizkei is very very makpid over here. That don't give up on your minagim, don't give up on Shira Malot, don't give up on. Saying at the at the table, but do my machronim again so that there's no hiss. However, the halacha Abrura takes a different uh, approach. He says like this: Yesh magim lomar mizmor shira malo b'shuv Hashem et shivat Zion. Oh, mizmor lavazer binginot. Oh, psukei evachazem cholet. Achal my machronim kol mirkata mazon. And he says v'reshaim laasot kein midneshen nechshav adavar letzorech abracha. Right. He says, no, that's part of benching, that's part of the brach. The Aruch HaShulchan takes an even more permissive opinion. He says like this. Katava Rambam, Sofferik Shishi, Tekev Lamayim Achronim Birkat HaMazon. Immediately after Mayim Achronim, you say Birkat HaMazon. Lo Yatsik Benem B'Davar Echel. No separation. Avinu Yishtob Mayim Achar Shenotel Yadav Achron Asur. Even drinking water would be Asur. Anchi Varech Birkat HaMazon, Achan L'Sholom. That is the Shita of the Rambam. Great. Okay. Uh, that's all he's quoting. I'm not sure who he's quoting. But then he says, The problem is eating and drinking. 
says the Aruch HaShulchan, Gadol Ador Bizmano says, talking is not a problem. Talking, Badai Shiramalo, it's not a problem. And this is the opinion of the Kesem Mishnah, and this is the Magen Abraham. So, yes, definitely, Mila, like Mila Litzmochalem, to have a hepsek between my machronim and benching, as long as it's just talking. Then you can definitely rely on the on the uh, on Aruch Hashulchan. If you makbid not to talk, but just to say Shir Amalot, that's also good. That's even better. You have more people to rely on. Pesayda. Um, that is. Uh, we'll end off there for today's Shir. Can I just can I just ask? Um, you don't say Rucha before my my Machronim. Because not because I, I, as opposed to washing your hands at the beginning, where it's a mitzvah, and this is a chova. For a mitzvah, you'd say a bracha, but for a chova, you wouldn't say a bracha. Is that the, the issue? Any action instituted because of danger, we don't make a bracha. Ah, okay. Okay, so if we hold that it's mishum melach stomit, there's no there's no bracha on that. What about filasaderach? Say bracha filasaderach, and that's mishum sakana. I assume, yeah. I don't know, just as a possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, we're going to discuss it in volume 15, um, Lichora, because of the Sakana. Um, it's a good trailer. It's a good trailer. Um, it seems so that that was a, first of all, it's not a brocha. It could be it's a tefillah. It might be different. Okay. Bezrat Hashem, when we get to tefillah okay. Taderech, there's an essay at the end of the year. Whether Tvilat Aderech is a uh, is a bracha, whether it's a Tvilat. I wrote that here, and that essay. I didn't bring this as an afkamina, but now that you you're mentioning it, it could have it could it could fit in as an afkamina. If we defined it as a Tvilat, then the question doesn't arise. If we defined it as a bracha, what you're making a bracha on a sakana? So yesh makom lepalpel, shakwa. Okay, call to okay. Thank you. Oh, so...